This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Technical difficulties. Here we are. We're in the bar. Um, we are live on Facebook. I'm just going to have to try. I think I've selected the wrong camera. Uh, so let's see if that changes things at all. It does a little bit, doesn't it? There we go. Right. Uh, good afternoon. Welcome to episode 103 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm your host, Ben. And with me, as always, is Gat. Ah, no, no, no. That's right. I'm Gary. Uh, and Ben, who is normally with us, as always, is not with us today because computer games are more important. Um in seriousness, obviously, there's two new consoles coming out. Ben does next-gen base. Absolutely snowed under yesterday. Uh, and he, we were going to film tonight. Um, but if we did that, it comes out tomorrow. It's Forest Green preview. By the time it kicks off, the game's played. It's, do you know what I mean? So we've agreed I'll do a quick Forest Green preview on here. Uh, we'll talk a little, a tiny little bit about... Um, about the, the game this week against Portsmouth. Your comments are going to be really important today, so get those comments in. If you're available and you're stuck there with a, a, a webcam, might even be able to get you on. We shall see. Um, not going to run too long, to be honest. Um, so uh, it is what it is. Let's address the elephant in the room for those watching on video. If you're listening um, on, uh, on the podcast, uh, I'll describe what things look like. Um, I am sat in my bar, as you see me on Match Day Live, wearing my Lincoln City hoodie with my stuff in the background. Um, but on my face is a moustache that makes me look like I was one of those wonderful men in their flying machines. Um, I'm raising money for Movember. So the beard's gone. Completely. I have a bald chin. I haven't seen my chin in two or three years. Uh, we've remade our acquaintance uh, and it will be covered up by uh, Christmas. 
Um, but my top lip is still very warm. Um, I've put a link in the bio. Uh, I've also put it on the on the description for the podcast. We're up to 273 quid, which is phenomenal. Um, I only intended to raise £100. Uh, you can choose the male charity, the male health charity that we're raising for. I chose male mental health, um, obviously something that um, I, I've been kind of a, a key, key driver behind in recent years, uh, hopefully, trying to kind of promote awareness, talking to people and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, just 27 quid shy of 300, which would be phenomenal, really tough times, not pressuring anyone to donate. Um, you know, if, if you can donate a quid, brilliant. If you can't, you can't, you know what I mean? It's That's the way things are at the moment. So, right. Uh, so I don't have anybody to banter with. I've got nobody calling me a prick. Uh, I have done some, um, some notes as per usual, and you can see them. Uh, so if Ben, if you're listening, it's kind of what happens. Um, uh, no, but Ben, no, as I say, obviously desperately miss Ben. It's not a real podcast, is it, without Ben? Just me talking, um, not not really, nobody else's opinions. But what I want to do is just talk a tiny little bit about Portsmouth uh, and then a tiny and then a, a bit about Forest Green, how they're going to approach it, who their key players are um, and, and, and you know, how I see us lining up. Uh, got a couple of people watching at the moment. Uh, Jake Tong, who... Um, uh, is obviously a, a, a big um, contributor to the Stacey West, says, hell, this is strange. I think he means the face, not me doing the podcast on my own, but who knows? Uh, Emily Rook knows how to sweet talk a podcast host. Good afternoon, nice Tash. Thank you very much. Uh, my dad always had a Tash when I grew up, so there's something rather um, manly about it, I think. I'm going to, uh, a little bit later, go into the house, uh, smoke a cigar and swear at the television. Um, we'll move on to Portsmouth, and Chris Keneally is straight in with a comment. Portsmouth was always going to happen, mate. Nearly half the possible starting 11 out through injury, not the end of the world by a long stretch, and just highlights the differences between us and the money men in this league. Some fair points made there. Uh, first of all, on match day live, uh, I did say I thought we would lose the game, and we did. It depends very much on which Portsmouth turn up, and we've been quite unfortunate because every time we've played um, Portsmouth, uh, we seem to have caught them when they're on the up rather than on the down. You know, they have had some bad runs in the past. They've now beat us three times in our last three meetings. I don't think we've beaten them since 1982. It was nice to finally score against them. Um, but that early goal really gave us a kick, didn't it? I mean, John Marquis is, is a proper centre-forward. I don't mean Tom Hopper any disservice, but there's a difference between what, say, 125 buys you, 1,000 buys you, and what, what 2 million, or however much it was, buys you. Um, you know, he was he was angry, he was aggressive, he was all over the place. He's got such a quality about it. Uh, and he kind of, I can tie that in a little bit with Forrest Green. Uh, of a couple of years ago, because I, I did an article earlier on, um, well, I, I kind of rehashed an article earlier um, on when we beat Forest Green 3-1 in March 2017. And the point I made then was, if it wasn't for Christian Deutsch, they wouldn't have been promoted. Now, I'm not saying it's all on Marcus why Portsmouth are doing well. I mean, Marcus Harness is a great player. Ronan Curtis is a great player. Tom Naylor is, is a real unsung hero. But if you've got that guy up front who will take chances when he come, they come his way, you're going to be better off than most. And, and Deutsch was the same at Forest Green. Forest Green, were they any better that year than, than Dagenham, for instance? Or were they any better than some of the other teams that were chasing as Dover? Um, well, perhaps Dover because they had Ricky Miller. But certainly, you know, if you put Christian Deutsch in any of those sides, probably they finish in the same sort of place as, as Forest Green. So um, and I think that was the difference with John Marquis. Let me just consult my notes and see what else I wrote about that. Uh, the other thing was, that's right, 
You can't see that normally when I do the podcast. And if you're listening, uh, it's going to be very odd. Um, so we actually lost the ball more than we have at any other point this season. Um, 132 times we uh, we lost the ball, according to Wisecout. And I think that's interesting as well, because I think there's a degree of what Chris was saying there about, you know, players being injured, um, just kind of breaks up our play, it breaks up our patterns. And therefore, I think we saw more of it falling down. I think when you look across the back four, you know, Lewis Monsma fit would have started. Max Melbourne, arguably fit, would start at left back. Joe Walsh fit potentially plays into the place of Adam Jackson. And Adam Jackson's an odd one because Tomo gave him man of the match. He got rave reviews for the way that he played. Uh, but Murray Pete messaged me and said, I've just seen your three goals. Jackson at fault for them all. Whether that's perception, I don't know. I thought he had a decent game, to be honest. Um, but Joe Walsh probably would have played. Liam Bridcut would have played. Callum Morton, arguably, arguably would have played. So, yeah, we did have half the, half the first 11 out. But when you've got three of your back four out, which again, and I say arguably because, you know, it's, it is down to interpretation. Um, but when you've got three of back four out and you're coming up against Marcus Harness, who is a phenomenal footballer, in my opinion. John Marcus, who I've already spoken about. Ronan Curtis, who is excellent as well. You're in real trouble. If you've got those three in your team and they did have last season Portsmouth, should be in the top two. And for me, it's still a reflection on Kenny Jacket. Still a reflection on the fact that they shouldn't be in this division right now, not with those players last season. And remember, they had Brett Pittman who could come in and kind of shake it up a little bit last season as well. So being where they are now, um, you know, they're not happy. They're not happy with the fact that they're still below us. If they finish outside the top two, their fans are not going to be happy. If we finish inside the top 10, we'll be delighted. And I think that tells you everything about where the two teams are and why losing wasn't such a surprise. What did surprise me uh, massively was the way that we bounced back from 3-0 down, and it could have been 4-0 down. And you know, I think the changes helped. I think Harry added something on the right-hand side, and you know, with hindsight, might have started, but we don't know what the fitness situation is with him. Um, but I, I do think that the way that we responded, other teams could have crumbled. Nicky, you could say 3-0, we did crumble. And that period, half-time to about 65 minutes, was was horrible to watch. It was like watching you know, Charlie getting mauled by a Doberman and me not being able to go in and do anything about it. Um, but I thought we, 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 we came back resolutely. I think after we'd got the goal, if we'd managed to go on and get another one, it would have been a really nervy finish because I think Portsmouth perhaps crumble a little bit when they're under pressure because of the pressure that is placed upon them by their support. I mean, the cowbells were outside the ground. What sort of numpty drives from Portsmouth to Lincoln when he can't even see the game? Yeah, a dedicated numpty, that's who. But that just, again, that shows you the level, I think, that Portsmouth are at. Um, you know, he, he, it was a tough game. We were always expected to lose it. Also, our passing stats weren't great, 78%, um, which was on a par with uh, Charlton and Blackpool, I believe, when we played them. Every other time, we've been more accurate. So we were less accurate in the past. We gave the ball away more. Not to a degree where I thought we were woeful, but to a point where if you do it against sides who are um, top six, potentially top two, it's going to make a big difference. What I would say is it's also interesting, the number of teams we've played this year who I have said they should be up there. Um, Charlton, Oxford, Blackpool, Portsmouth, Ipswich, there's five. Not everyone can be up there because Peterborough, Sunderland, Hull should be. So there would be eight teams already. If you finish below those teams, you've still had a decent season if you're only one place below them. And that's not without, that's without Doncaster, who I said should be up there. So there's your top 10. Well, there's your top nine above us before, before we've even started. Hugely competitive league massive difference between the haves and the have-nots. And we're seeing that, I think, now 
in the way, for instance, Shrewsbury and Burton, real strugglers this season. Um, and I think we're doing really well not to be lumped in with them. And I think that's purely down, it's not down to budget because the budget has been slashed. Don't forget that. What we're doing now, we're doing on less budget than last season. No reflection on uh, last year's manager. Done not, not kind of criticising him. But bear in mind that the budget has been slashed and we're still in the top six. If it gets to Christmas and we're still on the top 10, in my opinion, we will have done a really good job. Um, and it might look like decline from being top, um, but I think it's more like settling of contents during transit is probably a better way to describe it. Okay, uh, so let's move on to Forest Green. I'll do that in a second. Gav Hughes says he's a championship player. Not sure who I was talking about when Gav said that, so my apologies, Gav. Um, possibly John Marquis, I believe. Uh, Jake, don't think we should panic after back-to-back -back defeats. We've come up against two sides that are touted to be up there come the end of the year. Still a very strong start. Nearly accumulated half our points from last year within 11 games. Sensational. Absolutely right. Um, no need to panic at all. Uh, even if we were to lose a couple more, probably not on the bounce, but if we were to go on that run where you pick up one or two wins in four or five, still shouldn't panic. Um, I still think that there is a lot more to come from this side. And when you think about it, we have four or five players out who would almost certainly be playing uh, against Portsmouth. It just, again, is it, it reflects, I think, well on the side and on the result. And I never thought I'd say that about a 3-1 home defeat. By the way, the injuries don't get any better. Uh, for those who don't know, but we'll we'll have a look at that when we come to it on uh, on Forest Green. Richard Cross, we gave the ball away in dangerous areas and they punished us. I really don't think they were that much better than us without injuries. Absolutely. And you know what's really frustrating? When we lost at Portsmouth last year, I didn't think they were that much better than us. And when they beat us at home last year, I didn't think they were that much better than us. The support was, but I don't think when you look at the players that they've got, that they, they mauled us. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it was that bad. Um, which again is testament to I think Michael was in charge of all of those games it's testament to where we are you know, competitively against teams that play football the right way um, we're right up there my concern comes when we play against teams who don't play the right way or are perceived not to play the right way I'd be a hypocrite to say don't play the right way because you know, when Danny and Nicky were in charge it was fine that people, you know, we got the ball forward quickly. So just because Gillingham and Northampton and the likes of those do it doesn't necessarily mean it's the wrong way to play football. Um, but it's the way that you say it when you're not playing that way, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, it's almost like snobbery. Um, and Dave Roberts, last of all, good afternoon, Dave. I haven't forgot the dog walk. Me and Dave have been trying to plan a dog walk for a while now. Um, but it's just my calendar is so packed. Um, and I go... You know, not playing computer games either, apparently, uh, recording podcasts on Friday afternoons. So, uh, sorry, Ben. Oh, actually, there we go. Chris Keneally's weighed in with good afternoon, prick. So Chris Keneally's calling me a prick on behalf of Ben, uh, which is fantastic. Thanks for that, Chris. I will remember that. You might be interested. Um, right, so Forest Green Rovers. What can we expect? We know to a degree what we can expect with Forest Green because the manager hasn't changed in several years. It's still Cooperman, Mark Cooper. I'm not a huge fan. <sighs> Gritted teeth now. You have to begrudge, begrudgingly have some respect for the longevity of the manager. Um, you know, this is a club that spent a lot of money to get where they are. They have these huge ambitions. Um, I think at times... They are, um, they are hypocrites. I think at times the message and, and the method are not quite on, the, on point. Um, but they've stuck with their manager. They're not a Salford. They don't kick him out when he struggles. And, he, you know, there have been times when Cooper's struggled a little bit. Um, so respect for that. Look, from, you know, I, I could criticise Forrest Green all day long. You know it. I know it. 
could sit here. I've done 14 minutes. I could do another 14 minutes just on how much I dislike Forest Green. But from an objectivity point of view and from you know taking the Lincoln City glass, glasses off and my kind of personal beliefs off, you've got to you know, respect. And they're right up there this season. They're doing really well in the league. Um, they're winning games comfortably uh, by looking at some of their stats. Um, they've got some good players uh, across the side who I'm going to come to in a moment. And I think... I wouldn't be surprised if they're not there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Um, there's always a question with Forest Green around have they got the balls to do it? You know, it's all right playing on the nice pitches, but can they do it when they go away to the, to the, the kind of big aggressive teams? And you only have to look at how they dealt with us over six matches in, in our recent history where we've won every single one. Let's get that one in. Uh, and we weren't particularly big and aggressive. Who scored the last three goals, I think it was, or three of the last four goals against Forest Green for Lincoln? Johnny Kindy. Again, that kind of goes to show you the kind of striker that they don't like to play against, tells you the type of football they don't like to play against. But it's not the type of football we purvey now. It's not the type of striker we've got now. So it's going to be particularly interesting. Um, at the moment, they're playing a 3-4-1-2, so they play like a back three. Uh, they play what I would call the double sixes. I know some people argue that six is a centre-back. Um, so the double fours, double fives, whatever you want to call them, but two holding midfielders, more or less, two wide players. Um, and then at a kind of uh, an arrangement up top, it might be kind of uh, just a one striker um, with two behind him. They have played that, so like, like a little triangle with Jamil Matt here and, and Elliot Whitehouse kind of behind and the player. Or one in the hole and then two strikers. And with the two strikers, it could be Aaron Collins, it could be Matt Stevens, it could be Janine or Matt. There's three for a start, all good strikers. So if we start at the back then, um, I've written a couple of names down here. One of them I don't have to, but they've got two young lads on either side of the back three who are ball players, exactly the type of player that Michael Appleton would want to buy to play in our back four. Um, so they will play out from the back like we do, which may suit us, to be fair. We know that they do that. They lost against us 2-1 um, a couple of years ago, uh, thanks to John, John Kindy Brace, because they kept playing out from the back. They stuck to their principles and it didn't work. Uh, they've got a lad Kitchen and Godwin, I believe it's Malief, you know what I'm like with names. Um, they play either side of Jordan or Taylor. Moore Taylor is, for me, a League One quality defender. Uh, I've described him in the past as a Rolls-Royce as a defender. He was at Exeter City when they were promoted. He was at MK Dons, kind of followed Paul Tisdale around. I really like Moore Taylor. And if these two kids either side are as good as the Forest Green supporters um, I've spoken to in the past, I believe they are. It's a really interesting back three, that dynamic, because they're going to play the ball around. They're going to want to get forward. Um, there's going to be lots of possession in that area. And I can see our forwards having to work really hard. Um, I'll come on to our team selection later. The one thing that they probably don't have there is the big bruiser centre-half, the nasty bugger. So set pieces may be, may be beneficial for us, depending on who plays. Because although look, all professional defenders are going to be able to handle set pieces, they don't have the animal. They don't have the Manny Montha, for instance. They don't have the Sean Ragger, who would rather get his nose pushed through the back of his head than shirk a challenge. They don't quite have a defender like that. They don't have a defender that's going to give it some of that when the ball comes in. They don't have the type of player, in my opinion, who's going to throw Robbie Gotts around like a rag doll, which at times the Portsmouth lads did. Um, and if Jamie Saul were fit, which he's not, um, you know, it could have been a, a good game for him. You move into the midfield. They've actually got somebody I class as a former imp. He never actually signed for us. He did play for us on, uh, on trial when we first came out of the... Um, 
non-league, which is Bue Adams. He came on trial from Norwich. I saw him play, I think, against Lincoln United. He's done really well for himself um, since he's uh, since he's not been signed by us. Uh, really good midfielder for this level. And he plays alongside Carl Winchester. Now, Carl Winchester was a player a couple of years ago. I seem to remember us being vaguely linked with. Um, but he was Cheltenham and he moved to Forest Green. Really, really experienced midfielder. Probably not League One quality, but certainly top two or three League Two quality all day long. Um, he can control the play. He's tough in the tackle. So that's going to be quite interesting. He's, he's, he's probably the most kind of type player. Do you know that? The, 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 I mean, I'm doing that for, um, for, for visual purposes. But if you're listening to the podcast, he's the type that might leave an elbow in, that might go down to the dark arts, which Mark Cooper really likes. Uh, so that's going to be really interesting. Um, now, when you go further forward, the players that really stand out for me, and as I mentioned already, Jamil Matt, he's a nasty striker. Um, he's a nasty one to play against. He scored a hat-trick earlier in the season for them. I think he's got five overall, so he's not as prolific as you might think. Um, but I think he was at Newport a couple of years ago, and I remember being really impressed with him. They've got Matt Stevens, young lad that was at Barnet and Peterborough. He scored five in seven for them. And I think he's got three in three through his last um, matches. I seem to, uh, and I, again, I'm kind of doing this from memory, but I seem to think that he's kind of a fox-in-the-box type striker. Um, he doesn't always start for them. So it might be that he comes from the bench, but they certainly have options because you throw Aaron Collins in with that as well. 23-year-old, another mobile striker, loves to get the ball into his feet, knows a goal uh, when, it, when it comes his way. Any of those would sit on our bench now and come on for the last 20 minutes, in my opinion, with no problem at all, especially as we technically don't really have anybody in that respect. So they've got strength in depth. Elliot Whitehouse is the last one I mentioned. He's, quite, he's not really found his feet as yet at Forest Green. Um, we know what he's all about. He is playing there occasionally. He does normally double up in a kind of two tens, like this is two tens sometimes behind Matt. So that's when they're going to look to try and get the ball into Matt, be it into his feet from the wide areas. Those two are then going to be coming round and off him. Lots and lots of movement up front. Um, we're going to need to be bang on it, I think, in terms of our centre forward play, uh, our central defence uh, this week. So it's going to be fascinating, absolutely fascinating to see who we play. But that's Forest Green. We know they're going to attack. Um, as I said, they score goals. I think they've only scored more than two on probably two or three occasions this season. So, um, you know, they, although they are a danger, they're not like a Peterborough who will go and score four, five, six, seven or, or whatever Peterborough score. Um, and bear in mind, they are a League Two side. So realistically, they are the smaller club coming in. Now, what I'd say is that I, I think it's one of the best draws we could have got being brutally honest I think I didn't think it at the time but retrospectively I've looked back now th there are several types of draw you get in the FA Cup first round you get a non-league team and now if they're non if they're away you go into a tight little ground you go into their pitch you go into their environment whether fans were allowed in or not is, is probably irrelevant you go in somewhere where you are out of your comfort zone especially if you're the bigger club and bear in mind that we were the biggest club in terms of league position in the draw that's a banana skin. So for me, although, yes, you kind of want it because you kind of want to go to those grounds and think we can beat those. If you have them away, real banana skin. If you have them at home, OK, you've got the advantage of playing on your own pitch, potentially having your own crowd. Um, but at the same time, you know, the plucky underdog, we've seen it before, can come and do damage. I think Dagenham, when Dagenham came to us when we were in the what is the fourth division, so whatever it was called at the time, the beat was 1-0. Matthew Ghent led it through his hands. 
fight can get you everywhere. Stevenage, on the other hand, came to us, I think, when they were top of the conference and we were struggling in, in what is the third tier now, and we beat them 4-1. So it can go either way. Um, if you're in League One, probably what you want is a League Two club, ideally a struggling League Two club. But even then, you might, if you're a footballing team like we are, and you get a team that are going to come and they're full of angry, uh, you know, angry bruisers and people who so on, they want to get the ball forward, they want to shake up some of your young players, which bear in mind we've got, it would be the type of experience that I think, again, could lead to a shock. Then there's the Forest Greens. So you get a team that are in the division below you. They play nice football. They play football the same way you do. They're not going to be as physical, I don't think. Might be wrong, but they're not going to be as physical as you are uh, or as, as, as somebody like, let's say, uh, Stevenage might be um, because they try and do it the right way. So they're going to come, I think, and try and out-footballers. That's a worry if I were a Forest Green fan because the one thing that I think won't be as this season is a team who have come from the lower divisions or come from the lower reaches of our division to come and try and out-footballers. We football fine. We play football well. When other teams are playing football against us, we do it very well. The key win is going to be them closing us down quick. They're going to have to have lots of energy. We saw it from Portsmouth on the way, uh, on Tuesday night. When we get the ball, you have to hunt impacts and you have to close us down. But in doing that, you could leave space. So if you get it wrong then the space is behind and we're away. So I actually think arguably it's one of the best draws we could have got. It could have been slightly better. Admittedly, we could perhaps have had, you know, football inside from the National League. I don't know. Uh, and just on, the, on that as well, the, the non-elite teams that are allowed to play in this competition, um, but have had their domestic football suspended because of the lockdown. That's really interesting because they're going to be fit and fresh. They're not going to have had to play on Tuesday night. Some of them might be part-time. They might have been a work all week, but they're not going to have had to um, play games last weekend. On Tuesday. Do you know what I mean? So that I think that could be an interesting angle for other teams. Not for us. We've got Forest Green. Another big point before I move on. I think somebody's ringing me. Oh, 10,000 steps I've just done, apparently. I moved in 24 minutes. Um, so the other thing that I think is going to be really interesting is the team selection. Here's why. We don't play a league game after this until Gillingham. After the Portsmouth game, we had 10, 12-day layoff until Gillingham. After Gillingham, we've got the EFL trophy, which will be reserved, as much as we can, a reserve side, I think. It's, it's a dead rubber, um, so it's not going to matter all that much. And then we've got a bit of a break until we play, I think, Accrington potentially next. No, it's Accrington and the Swindon, I think. Um, Michael's got some big choices to make. The FA Cup, and I've got some... Figures here, uh, the FA Cup, if we beat Forest Green, 17 grand in the bank, 16.9, something or other. If we then get a draw um, uh, in the next round that we can win and win it, 25 grand in the bank. So what have you got there? 30, 40 grand in the bank. <sighs> Very interesting. Third round win, 82 grand. You win three games in the FA Cup, £125,000. You are not telling me there are not people behind the scenes at Lincoln City who are going to be saying to Michael, we need to win this. This is a winnable game and we need to win it. That's why I don't think you'll see, and this is no disrespect to this, these two players, I think it's why you'll not see Zach Elbazetti. It's why you'll not see Remy Howarth. They'll be on the bench. If we're doing well, they might come on. I think Michael's got to go as strong as he can for this game. They've got a week after this. So if the players are fit but tired, James Jones, Conor McGrandles, Tom Hopper, Harry Anderson, this is the game where now they can have a week off after it. I, I firmly believe and hope we've got to play a really strong side for this game. Really strong side. 
to turn my notes over now. So what do I think? Well, in goal, two choices, Ethan Ross or Alex Palmer. Gut feeling is Palmer. He's got to win the game. No disrespect to Ethan Ross. I'm not saying he's a bad goalkeeper. Palmer's done nothing wrong. The keeper doesn't run around an awful lot and keepers might chastise me for this. Why do they need a rest? So I'd play Alex Palmer. I think Palmer is a top keeper. I think we're seeing it. I think there's been games that we've won this year where just his presence in and around the area, just his command of his area, just how calm, how clever he just, he just works. He's actually an unsung hero of a goalkeeper because when he comes and claims a cross, people just go, keeper's got the cross. Must have been either a bad cross or, you know, keeper should get the cross. But in actual fact, in previous years, we have had people who do not command their area particularly well. And some of the best goalkeepers that Lincoln City have ever had People criticised their, their command of the keeper and uh, the area. And one of those was Alan Marriott, a phenomenal keeper. But when we did our top 100, somebody commented, yeah, they didn't command his area all that well. Alex Palmer does it all. Um, I think he's probably, pound for pound, one of the best keepers I've ever seen at Lincoln. And he's and as yet, we haven't seen him, I don't think, in full flight. You know, even when you go back to like so Rob Birch, was a really good keeper, but could be beaten from range. The only goals that have beaten Palmer this season, when you've looked at them, I think, have been unstoppable ones. For me, he's got to play. He's got to play. This isn't the EFL trophy. This is the FA Cup. Ethan Ross, play against Man City. Absolutely no problem at all. Play Sam Long against Man City because it, you know, we're already through. No problem at all. Tomorrow, today, whenever you're listening to this, yesterday, you play Alex Palmer. Now, across the defence, we've got problems, but we've got options. We know Joe Walsh won't play. We're 99% sure I think Lewis Monsmer won't play the same two to three weeks. Lewis said on Tuesday night that it was just a couple of days and he was rested as a precaution. I don't think Lewis will play either. So that means Adam Jackson almost certain to play in the central defence. Who plays around him? Well, look, there's all sorts of options here. TJ Ioma, I think he's likely to play tomorrow. Um, I could see an argument for resting him. I think he's likely to play. I think he's likely to play at right back. I think Robbie got his performance at right back. Perhaps um, may have given Michael food for thought in terms of um, Gotz's game time. Maybe the lad needs some confidence. And we could play Gotz at, at, at right back and then Ioma in the centre. I don't think Ioma played all that badly. But when you flip it over on the other side, Max Melbourne was on the bench in midweek, so he should be fit and available. That gives us a couple of options. Gives you Max on the left and Sean Rowan in the centre of defence. Sean Rowan naturally left-sided as well, so it gives us that balance. I don't think this. I think Rowan's an excellent footballer. And although I think he's had bad, not bad games, but he's been troubled in games uh, at left-back, uh, I'd love to see him play a centre-back. I could see that happening. That kind of, that collection, let's say, um, Ioma, Melbourne, Jackson and Rowan frees up Teo Eden. Now, Teo Eden's a midfielder. Midfield is where we could perhaps do with giving some players a little bit of time off. So that's an option. You could play Teo Eden at left-back, talk Max Melbourne into left centre-back and take Sean Rowan back out of the firing line. Could play Robbie Gotts at right-back, play TJ Ioma and um, Alec, Adam Jackson in the centre. And then you've got a couple of choices at left-back in Max Melbourne and Teo Eden. So I don't know what your preferred... Uh, ideas are 32 of you are watching at the moment which is fantastic if you think uh, if you'd like to suggest the defense to me drop it in the comments uh, and and I'll read them out in a short while I'll move into the midfield in the meantime now what I'm assuming the one I'm actually going to go with I'm going with Melbourne on the left Rowan Jackson uh, in the middle and uh, Ioma on the right that's my prediction which gives us all manner of choices in the middle of the park because it gives us James Jones Conor McGrandles 
George Grant, Robbie Gotts, uh, Teo Eden, arguably potentially Remy Howarth, uh, but I can't see it. Uh, so I think you're going to pick three from five. Now, I think George Grant will start the game tomorrow because I think he's too integral to what we do. Liam Bridcott's not fit. George Grant is the vice captain, so to speak. I don't think Michael's going to risk taking too many key players out of the game. Grant for six for me. Whether that's too deep or not, I don't know. But with Winchester and Adams playing where they do, it's going to be important that we've got some creativity in the, in the two midfielders ahead. But it's also going to be important to link that defence in the midfield. And I think it's massively, massively important that we do that. George Grant does it better than anyone other than Liam Bridcut. Um, for me, Grant starts, he's captain. So then you've got two attacking midfield roles, essentially. You know, it's, it's the eights, it's the box boxes. Um, and that would be James Jones, Conor McGrandles, Teo Eden, potentially, uh, or Robbie Gotts. I think Robbie Gotts starts. I think he starts in midfield tomorrow. I think one of McGrandles or Jones starts with a view to replacing them after however 60 minutes or so with either the other one or with Teo Eden. The reason I think Robbie got starts is he's got to get game time for us. And when we've got full complement of 11, at the moment he hasn't done enough to dislodge people. Michael promotes youth. He wants youth and young players to believe they can get into the team. He doesn't want players to be affected by what has gone before. And Gotts was average at best at the weekend. But I've heard he's a great lad, good footballer, prefers to be in the midfield. I think Michael will see this as an opportunity to raise his spirits, to play him in the position he's good in, which Marcello Bielsa, I think, said that he's definitely an eight, a box-to-box. I think he'll stick Gotts in there, especially when the physicality of Adams and Winchester, although it's there, I think it isn't the kind of physicality that you might have got from team non-league, not under sixes, who you know are less finesse and more fight. Um, I think those two are footballers as well. So I think it would be an interesting matchup. I'm going to go with Gotts, and I'm not sure if it might be James Jones. I still think there's an element of a stronger side to be put out. I think he'll play Jones or McGrandles. I think McGrandles has been a little bit hit and miss over the recent weeks. Probably just needs a bit of a break. Um, but the football will suit him more. As for Teo Eden, again, I think he's you know he's been in and out. There is a massive shout that we might play Eden if we play Eden. I don't think we play Gotts. I don't think he goes with Grant's Gotts and Eden because I think you change too much. This is a well-oiled machine. If you change too much and it starts to slow down, it starts to chug a little bit, um, you know, we could be on the hands of an upset. And three defeats in three, one of them in the FA Cup where we'd only come out with whatever the losers get, eight grand, I don't know. Um, I don't think that would be the result that Michael would want. Before we carry on, uh, I've got Rich Paul has said he thinks Ioma, Jackson, Rowan and Melbourne, which is the same as me. Uh, I've got Jake thinking Ioma, Jackson, Rowan and Melbourne. So it seems like it's quite a possible, um, quite a positive uh, choice for me. He also thinks uh, Teo Eden, Gotts and George Grant in midfield. Uh, and Dave Roberts would like to see Robbie Gotts in midfield. I'm, I'm, I, I think he will do. Now, just to touch on Jake, Jake there's picked in attack Archibald, Saul and Anderson. Not going to be those, I'm afraid, uh, because Jamie Saul, I've read today, is out for two to three weeks. He won't play. Callum Morton, who knows? He won't play. So really, we're going to go three up top. And I think, sorry, earlier, uh, back three, Richard Cross said, I don't think we'll change, uh, I don't think we'll change the, um, the setup, to be honest, not at this stage. Uh, we might trial it in an EFL trophy game, but in a game that I think is, is almost as important as a league game this weekend. Um, I don't think we'll, we'll experiment that much. So across the front three, um, 
There's definitely going to be no Jamie Saul. There's definitely going to be no Callum Morton. I think Tom Hopper might get a rest. I think Anthony Scully might play as a number as the number nine. It would probably be a good game for Hopper, to be honest. Um, and there might be an argument that with getting his goal against Portsmouth, yeah, for me, a striker scores when he's confident. It'd be a great opportunity to get Hops in there again against the back three, uh, get the wide players asking questions, running in the channels, uh, and get Hops in and around the area to get a second goal in two games. And maybe fire that then on to when we play Gillingham, because that's going to be a, ma- a really different prospect. So Scully or Hopper, I think if you play Hops at nine, you probably play Scully on the right. I personally wouldn't I play Harry Anderson. He had a rest in midweek. Um, Harry's pace is phenomenal. Again, a game that you've got to win. I'd, re- I'd really definitely play Harry. Um, Scully or Hops, I'd like to see Hops. I think Scully. Uh, and then on the left-hand side for me, Theo Archibald. And every time I've seen Theo Archibald come on, uh, I mean, obviously he had bad miss against uh, Doncaster, um, but I like him. He's direct, he's athletic, he's you know, he's full of running. Um, and if we are without Brennan Johnson this weekend, um, then the potential is, I think, that, um, that Archibald plays. I'm not sure about the Brennan Johnson situation. I'm just, I was looking before I came. It's my understanding, I think, that after Saturday, he goes away for international duty and misses Gillingham. I'm not sure he misses this weekend or not. Um, with that in mind, with him missing Gillingham, it might be Brennan Johnson. So we might actually go with Brennan Johnson on uh, through the nine and then Archibald and Harry Anderson. And if you talk about Archibald on the left, Harry Anderson on the right and Brennan Johnson through the centre. I dare wager we've never had a centre-forward line, certainly not in my lifetime, with as much pace as that, with as much direct running as that. That's going to ask questions of um, Forest Green. So many options, options that are forced by injury. And I think that's the sad thing. I think without the injuries, Callum Morton plays. I think without the injuries, Lewis Monsman definitely plays. Joe Walsh potentially plays. Without the injuries, Liam Bridcott definitely plays. But we've got injuries. You can't say without injuries. So I said, you know, if I'd got five numbers on the lottery, I'd win a lot of money. Yeah, but I didn't get five numbers, so I didn't win a lot of money. So we've got the injuries. You live with the injuries. You deal with the injuries. You deal with not getting five numbers on the lottery. And um, there you go. That's what it is. I'm not going to do a prediction right now because I'll be talking to uh, Sam Ashu on Match Day Live, doubtless yesterday, uh, tomorrow. Uh, today whenever you're listening to it uh, the podcast so i'll be talking to him probably a little bit more in depth and we'll be looking back i think a little bit more in depth at portsmouth it's going to go to a few more of the comments now i've got uh jim rock back four of ioma rowan jackson and eden that's interesting eden at left back probably we'll be dealing with matt in the air plus his hold up play may require us to double up on him when he played for uh, for against us for grimsby interesting point absolutely uh his hold up play is going to be big that's going to be uh, uh, an interesting battle and if they do play the one with two behind as I say then it's going to have a, a three-man attack looking at getting in there's going to be a lot of emphasis on, on George Grant which is why I'm putting him in the six rather than let's say an Ed and Ronald Randalls because I think probably the way we've seen uh, the, the games go recently Grant is the best in that position outside of Bridcock McGrandles perhaps should be um, but I think that Grant uh, probably is. Uh, Jake has said, can we not call the Jill games off, Jill's game off? I've not seen all of the call-ups as yet, Jake, so I don't know. I've only seen Brennan Johnson's call-up. Um, but if Aaron Lewis is called up, that wouldn't matter because he's on loan at Newport, so he's not classed as our player. 
So it would depend who else we're going to see called up outside of that. Can't call a game off just for having Brennan Johnson uh, called up. I'm not sure who else who else would be Zach Elbazedi potentially. Um, if Elbazedi and Scully were, I still think there's a problem because I think you get the games called off when a player has played a certain amount of games for you or is featured in a game or two. Okay, Jake, so he's, you, you've corrected me. Zach and Scully have both been selected. I think to call the dual game off, I think Zach would have to come on tomorrow because he hasn't featured in a game for us going into the, the current run. So, um, again, I'd be happy to be corrected on that, but I think we couldn't call the last game off on me, Miss Brennan Johnson, um, which wasn't Blackpool. Oh, hang on. Breaking news. The game has been called off. Um, is that breaking news? Look, this is going to be absolutely great uh, podcasting and live. Uh, Lincoln versus Gillingham News. Uh, okay, it doesn't say it's been called off on there. Carl, if you can, Carl uh, um, Mercer said the game's been called off. If you can let me know where you've seen that. There we go. It is just now. Breaking news. Breaking news. Gillingham fixture to be rearranged. Our Skybet League one fixture against Gillingham at the Alienar Stadium next week has been postponed due to international call-ups. The Imps have had three players selected. I'm really interested in that. Um, oh, Sean Rowan has been put on standby for his first call up by the uh, by the Island under twenty one as well. Maybe it's because Zach Elbazedi has been on the bench for us uh, and has not been, um, despite not coming on. Because I know we couldn't get the game called off after uh, before Blackpool. I want to say uh, because Aaron Lewis, although he had been called up along with Zach Elbazedi. Um, and I think Brandon Johnson, we couldn't get it called off because Lewis hadn't featured at all. But I think it's maybe that was on the bench. So there you go. Breaking news, as Jake says, only on the Stacey West podcast. Brilliant stuff. So Gillingham game rearranged. Breaking news for you. I should do a little banner, really, shouldn't I? So, so there we go. 40 minutes of me talking without Ben, which suggests to me that in actual fact, um, on a normal Stacey West podcast, we actually need to hear Ben for about 15 minutes. So I will remind him of that next time we talk. Um, no, obviously missed him. Back to business as usual on Sunday, where we'll be dissecting Forest Green. Um, in fact, we might not even do that now because there's no game to talk about next Saturday, is there? So, oh well, my, I'm where am I allowed to do my program piece as well? I was due to speak to Robbie Gotts on uh, Monday. Um, I'll have to avoid with Terry about that. There you go. Wow surprise a saturday off do you know what though just a little bit of reaction to that and if you want to comment you can do what a brilliant brilliant um break that now gives us because it means that we don't play a league match for a fortnight you know and that could be great for getting lewis monsma back it could be great for getting jamie saw fit i don't know liam bridcock potentially as well because the man city game look that's going to be and this is no disrespect to these players but that's going to definitely be remy howarth um don't know if Zach will be back by then, to be honest, but it might be Zach Elbazedi. Uh, if Saul is fit, it would almost certainly be Saul. If I was Michael Appleton, I'd be playing Hayden Cam. I'd be playing any of the young lads that you, we've got in a, in a because it doesn't matter, win, lose, or draw. You know, okay, there's 10 grand for stake at the end of it. But you know, I'd rather win a couple of FA Cup matches uh, and know that we're going through to the next round anyway. So there we go. Right, uh, so if you've got any questions or comments, I'll give you a couple of seconds to get them in. But other than that, uh, I'm a little ruddy-faced in here at the minute because it's quite cold. 
Uh, I've done a lot of walks. Uh, Richard Godson says, I suppose this is the morning dog walk only in the afternoon minus the dog. It is. Uh, the problem with the dog walks of late is that my dog is an arsehole. Um, and he never knows where he wants to walk until we go out. So I've been loading up with my, I've, I've even got it in my pocket, my clip mic. I have, uh, I've got my, my, I've got a selfie stick that I use. I get to the end of the driveway and the dog decides where he's going to go. If he turns left, I've got four mile loop to do three miles of it on the road. And if the cars come, I've got to pick him up, can't be filming. Um, if he wants to go straight over, I can film. He hasn't wanted to go straight over for a week. Uh, in fact, he wanted to get in the car today, so we did a loop around Red Hill, which was great. But again, I could only let him off a little bit, and I didn't get a great signal. So you didn't get a dog walk. There you go. Also, I'm scared of overexposure. Um, and I don't want to do too much video in, do I? Not with this on my top lip. And for viewers who are not viewing but listening, I'm now stroking my uh, Jack the Ripper moustache. Right, no questions or comments come in. That's absolutely fine, brilliant. That means I can go in and get back on with with my with the work that pays, uh, which Ben chose to do. Um, you know, over coming out and talking to you. Uh, but I love my audience. Uh, again, in the bio there is a link. Please do if you've got even just a quid or two. Um, male mental health is um, massive, uh, and you know there's a massive issue there uh, with awareness and supporting people who are suffering, and you know shaving my beard off earns 300 pounds for a charity that can put that to use and maybe save a life or maybe just pick people up off the floor when they're down then fantastic stuff uh jake save the videos to me guys yeah all right mate to be honest jake i thought you'd be working today otherwise i would have messaged you to come on uh and give us some expert analysis but speaking of saving the videos to you forest green one is that due soon um anyway great lad jake fantastic there's some great work for us i'm rambling now uh, the best thing to do is probably uh, for me to go. So, look, thank you very much. Enjoy the game tomorrow. The last football that we'll have then for 10 days or so. Gillingham fixture cancelled. Um, so huge, huge. Smash in. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. So 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.